This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. You know, play winning hockey. I've said this before. And, you know, it just completely, at the wrong time, turn it over, fall asleep on a penalty kill. You know, it's clear as day what our responsibilities are and we fall asleep. So... It's not quite 60 minutes yet for us. It's certainly a lot better, but I'm tired of being just a better. It just it doesn't matter. You want to win hockey games. Head coach of the San Jose Sharks, uh, David Quinn, uh, comments there. Um, just uh, a guy that's dejected, uh, tired of losing the San Jose Sharks on a nine-game losing streak. Cam Poitras here, Jim Toll. Jim, how you doing? Very well, sir. How are you? And and I like him as a coach. So do I. I, I really do. And I um I I thought like they had that horrific they lost by ten goals. Somebody scored ten on back to back. Vancouver put up and eight. Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, it's ten back to back. And then teams. they kind of started like they weren't great. They are what they are, right? They're not a very good hockey team right now. They're they're in a, a transition stage. But then they, they won a few games and the fight in them kind of came back. Yeah. So they started the season 0 10 and 1. Then they went to 9 7 and 2, you know, playing 500 hockey. Yeah. Um, and then they beat the Jets. Which and I have, think is about as good as you can expect from the, the Sharks. They beat the Jets and they haven't won. They haven't won anything since they've been able to. So pick I understand his disappointment there. Like he's kind of like, we were kind of on something for a bit. Not like playoff bound or anything yeah. like that, but just you know, there was they were playing respectable there hockey. They were focused. They were listening. They were following the system, and that's that's fallen off. And um, you know, mistakes are adding up for the San Jose Sharks. The Jets and the Sharks are playing later tonight, seven thirty pregame show, nine thirty puck drop, and to talk about it, Brett Hedekin, a uh, Stanley Cup champion and hockey analyst with the San Jose Sharks, joining us now. Brett, uh, thanks so much for popping on the show. Oh yeah, thanks for having me on, Cameron and Jim. Good to, good to chat. Yeah, good to have you back. Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, nine-game losing skit. I had to play that clip from from, from David Quinn. Um, last time the win of, uh, the San Jose Sharks were able to win was back on December 12th against the Winnipeg Jets. How is the team going to work through another insanely difficult stretch here? Well, I, I think, you know, hearing you guys talk about it, um, exactly right. I mean, it started out well. Um, they kind of found a little bit of footing where, you know, I, I, I agree. They were listening to the coach. They were kind of getting some fight back in their game. They were making, uh, well, they, that road trip uh, was one of the ones that, I, you know, you could reference. It was a terrific road trip that they had where they were really looking at the Boston Bruins where they got shut out. And you're thinking, oh, boy, now you got to go into New Jersey, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Red Wings, and finish it in the Golden Knights. And uh, they beat the Devils, which I thought was a, it was a game that was kind of up for grabs. Both teams played okay, but the Sharks came out on the win, which was really great, 6-3 win. Lose to the Rangers, and a game that they could have tied late in the game on that. They actually played one heck of a game in New York. And then they beat the Islanders coming from behind in incredible fashion in overtime. And then Detroit, they give up the first four goals of the hockey game. One of the most wild games I've seen, and maybe in Sharks history, history yeah. as far as I've covered them, they come back from four-goal deficit. They tie it. Uh, they give up the lead goal again, 5-4. Hurdle ties it late, and then it was Granlin winning it in overtime. Uh, and then they lose in a shootout in Vegas, and then they beat the, the Winnipeg Jets, which is, I think, one of, the, one of the games of the year for them, the 2-1 win, and they haven't won since. So, a team, I, I, the clip of David, you know, sounding dejected, I agree. And he is upset because it's these little lack, 
of details during the course of the game that find uh, the Sharks looking at the back of the, of the net in their own net and, you know, digging the puck out uh, and facing off at center ice. I mean, it's unfortunate that they, they play, you know, 40 good minutes and just can't seem to find 60. Along those lines with, with the coach, how do you think he's doing and, and part of that frustration? Um, like, like he, I, he's well aware of what he has as a roster and a lineup. And, and you would know, Britt, like there's, there's playing the right way regardless of how talented you are and then there's not. Is he frustrated with what he's seen from the effort or, or how they're playing? Or, or what, where does that frustration come? All, understanding that, of course, losing brings this up. Yeah, it's a it's a hard line to walk, right? If you're yeah. a coach and you've got a if you've got a product that you're not happy with, all of the players on that roster, you know, I think as a player, for me, when I look at this team play, there's always a couple of guys on the game or during the game that you look at and you go, "Wow, you can't make that play at this level," or you you, you got to back check, you know, you got to do this, and you got, and there's just too many of those guys right now on this roster that at the end of the night, you try to, as a head coach, you would try to be positive, right? You, wanna, you don't want to be too down and de- too dejected where you can't come back the next day, but you, you still have that competitive nature in you, right? You wouldn't be coaching at this level without some competitive nature in you that you want to win every night, right? So you're, you're walking this balance of unhappy with some of the product that you have on the, in the locker room and what they're providing on the ice, but yet you still want to be positive. So, you know, for him, I think he's done a good job of, you know, trying to get this team to pull together. He's held guys accountable. Look, he's sat guys out that are, are good big names in this league that needed to be sat out, that needed to be told that this is unacceptable. And he's got them to kind of come around. So he's walking that tightrope of trying to stay positive, holding guys accountable, but yet still build enough where you can, you know, you're not going to deject guys so much where they just completely cave in. But, you know, nine in a row kind of feels like that. Uh, but he's trying to find a way to keep, you know, building this thing, moving forward with the guys that are young, still trying to build something here for Sharks in the future. I mean, it's how do you start this this thing from continuing to to unravel? I mean, we're not even at the halfway point of the season yet. I'm sure there's a lot of veterans, a lot of guys in the league and, and on, in that locker room that are looking at the rest of the schedule. And, um, you know, how do you, how do you find, you know, some bright moments and some positive energy to get the guys to to come together in, in situations like this? Well, you know, the one thing that is positive for the Sharks is Logan Couture. He had the osteitis pubis, that's that abdominal injury, that he's finally skating, and he's looking at potentially getting back in the lineup, from what I hear. That's a, that's a huge sign. Nico Sturm, he had a, a, a problem in his hand that he just he had surgery on, and he's been out the nine games. We haven't won since he's been out of the lineup, right? So you, if you had Tomas Hurdle, who really has been an, an amazing player this year for the Sharks. I'm really impressed at what he's done because of his leadership. He's picking guys up around him. His body language has completely shifted this year. Even though it's been a tough year, night in, night out, his body language has been positive. And that, for me, has says a lot about his leadership and how much it's taken a big turn to the positive. Mikhail Granlund, so if you got Hurdle, Granlund, Logan Couture down the middle with Nico Sturm, all of a sudden you can kind of stabilize down the middle of the ice. So I think if, if they can get through these few games, get Sturm back, get Logan Couture in the lineup, now you've got some stability down the middle. And then you can start to kind of pull guys out that aren't pulling their weight you know, on the wings and, and really kind of try to stabilize on defense. Their goal thing has been fine. Kapo Kakinen has actually, you know, his, his goals against has gone down, his save percentage is going up. 
you know, Mackenzie Blackwood has had a little bit of a tough stretch here where he really had a terrific start, and he's now kind of trying to find his game again. But I, I don't think the goaltending has been that bad, although last game, Kapo Kakinen let in a couple that he'd like to have back, as we like to say in hockey world. Um, but, uh, but overall, the goaltending has been pretty stable. It, it's just all these other pieces and the missing pieces of Sturm and Couture that have really hurt the Sharks. Hey, Brett, last time we had you on last year, you were making some really interesting and, and some comments that really resonated here in Manitoba um, about the Jets and about how Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley and guys like that sort of have to decide. They have to sort of make a decision with all the things that are being said and going around and, and how they were losing so much in that second half, what they want and if they actually want to win. Blake Wheeler's not here anymore. Pierre-Luc Dubois is not here anymore. This team is deeper, and we believe that's why the five-on-five is working so well. Just interested on in your take on the Jets now and, and and what you would make as a former player with a thousand games of, of those changes from leadership like, like Blake Wheeler being gone now and Dubois and just how well the Jets are playing. What do you read into that and, and how good they've been so far this year? I love it. You know, I, I love, you know, sometimes you have to remove some things that you don't really know if you remove them, boy, is it going to make us worse, right? As a general manager, I think there's a real disconnect in this league, right, between the general manager and a coaching staff sometimes. And, and I'd, heck, I'd love to create a position for myself that's somewhere in between that, you know, you've got this bridge between the coaching staff who's in the foxhole. He's thinking about the game that he needs to win that night. And he can't be focused on guys in that locker room that really aren't the type of guys that you are playing Winnipeg Jet Hockey, right? And what I've seen from Winnipeg Jet Hockey this year is a relentless group of guys that don't care what the name is on the back. They have found a way to remove maybe the bad energy and then remove the guys that aren't going to pull weight. And they've just inserted guys that want to work. I think Adam Lowry is a pain in the ass out there, and he's a good captain, right? And he's a guy that's going to bring you everything he has on a nightly basis. He doesn't not going to flash you with all the skill that he has, but he's going to hold you accountable. And I'm sure he's holding guys accountable in that locker room. I think Shifley is now working for 60 minutes, and he really feels to me like a 200-foot player right now. Um, you know, Ehlers is always going to give you what he's got. Velarde's having a good stretch right now for you guys. And you've just got this real balanced attack up front. In the back end, I mean, Morrissey and Dylan DeMello, I know him well with the Sharks. Again, a guy that's going to be – serviceable, play a really steady game of hockey. And now he's a veteran of over 500 games. This kid's really playing some good hockey. I'm proud of him. Brennan Dillon, love him. I mean, and Pionk, a guy that you added, uh, you guys have really stabilized the back end. And I think that's where your success is really coming from. You got the goaltending. I don't need to talk about that, but um, you know, your defense moves the puck efficiently. You're, you're simple from back there. And it reminds me of really of the Carolina hurricane teams that I played for where, you know, you look at the roster and, and it, it's like, well, these guys aren't supposed to be winning. Well, yeah, we're going to be winning because we're going to work you to death and we're going to buy into what we're doing as a group. And I think that's what I see from the Jets. Uh, Brett, uh, we're, we're out of time here, but you, you got this great product, headygear.com. Um, the, these, these awesome backpacks. Why don't you, why don't you talk about those for just a second here? Uh, thank you so much. Sorry to stretch it out there. Um, no, no yeah, headygear.com. It's a backpack company that really started to, collect your moments that you have. It's not just a, a boring backpack anymore. You can put patches that attach right to the backpack and you can pull them off. You can move them wherever you want. I have all of the NHL hockey teams. Uh, I have the full license of the NHL. So anytime you want to support your jets, 
get one of my backpacks, throw a Jets back, uh, patch on the back of that baby, and, and off and running for collecting your moments in your life. Yeah, they're really, really cool. So uh, go check out, go check those out, headygear.com, H-E-D-I-G-E-A-R.com. Brett Hedekin, a Stanley Cup champion and hockey analyst for the San Jose Sharks, one of our favorite guests on the show. Uh, Brett, you take care, okay? Thanks so much. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. I always like like talking to you guys. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. (laughs) Sorry, always great having you on. Yeah, that's outstanding. Enjoy the game tonight. That's we should get into that next segment. Yeah. The idea of a go between in between the GM and I, I love that idea. Yeah, I think it's phenomenal. I don't know if that's the quote unquote director of hockey ops because that's usually yeah. with the GM or above him. That's a great. That's a great thing he just said. Pre-game starts at seven thirty. Puck drop at nine thirty. Right here on six eighty CJOB. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Um, we'll get into that. We'll talk about that, a go-between uh, in the situation here. Lots of other stuff. We've got an action-packed show uh, to get to here. Jason Zucker has been suspended for three games on boarding for Panthers forward Nick Cousins. Some fallout from that, as well as uh, Michael Russo. You know, one of my favorite writers with The Athletic. Well, he's turning some heads uh, with uh, a couple of posts that he made uh, on social media. We will get into that as the Jets and wild drama. It just won't quit. The gift that keeps on giving. It won't quit. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Right now it's minus nine. Feels like minus 15 at 680 CJOB. Pour the coffee. It's a late one tonight. Here's Jets at noon. Well, it sure is. Skylar Peters. Hollywood Peters, how are you? Happy New Year. Back. Happy New Year, gentlemen. And Merry Christmas. I haven't talked to you guys uh, since before then. Yeah. Well, when you got so much time off, it's tough to, it's tough yeah. to talk. You were in Hawaii, weren't you? <laughs> weren't you like, <laughs> like in months ago. Weren't you like in Thailand or something recently? No. Well, if I was in Thailand, it'd be like all the years PTO he, he ain't coming back. <laughs> that too. Thailand has him that now. Too. <laughs> um, my flight to Alberta for the holidays... Uh, yep. was riddled with people on their way to Hawaii, including Ross the Boss Levitan on his honeymoon. Same bird. Same bird. No way. Uh, one of us was in first class. The, the rest of us were in the back. <laughs> um, Lisa Dutton was on a flight going away for the holidays, and Dave Manuk of Illegal Curve, and he was in line, and I had, like, the kids and yeah, 19, that's awesome. 19 carries on, carry-ons, even though I only had a jacket myself. And Dave Manuk yelled in the line. He's like, where are you going? And I said, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to Hawaii. And I said, oh, wow. He goes, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to the Hawaii of Alberta, Lethbridge. Yeah. It's really the same it, thing. It killed in the line. Everybody laughed. Everyone's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that Toth guy, but that was funny. He's got a good line every His once in a while. His take sucked, but that one was good. So I went to the Hawaii uh, of I'm Alberta, just happy that half our station was in Hawaii, including <laughs> Peter's this I, year. I'm just happy that that plane, nothing went wrong, because listen, there's a lot of talent that'd be going down. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It'd be devastating. Not with Lisa or Ross, but... Me, the, the ratings <laughs> well, would skyrocket to, without I Toth. I wouldn't say yeah, the that. Yeah, the old Poitras solo show on Jets at Noon. That's, yeah. Ratings mean, would just skyrocket. You got a little uh, little trim there. Is this new? Yeah, I got my hair cut. He got them all cut. And not just one, I got them all. You are the first person I see when I walk into the building. Um, and I uh, I immediately... Yeah, you. You're the face of the radio station. Because your desk is, You're you know, the face rate, of the radio station. You are. Yeah, I think you should be closer to the window instead of Toth. Did, you, did you get that done by my man, Eric? 
Uh, no, same place though. I went and saw my pal Andy. He did oh, a okay. great job. Modern man and gateway. Andy at modern modern, man. modern man at Garden, Garden, Garden City. City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, Garden City. Yeah, yeah. No, great guys there, man. Oh, yeah. right on. Just talk basketball the whole time. I mean, that's why they when, educate me. That's why when Peters walked in after the holidays and said, yeah. "What is Brad Pitt doing here?" Yeah, <laughs> that's well, what modern man can do for you. That's what it can do. No, we had it in the budget. But. No, yeah. no, no. My buddy Andy took care of me. No, it's, it's great guys over there. Oh, the way, modern man. They're just Garden City. magnificent crew. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever they're done, they're like anything else, and I'm like, not yet. Not yet. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Want to have this conversation, uh, Michael Russo, uh, NHL Winnipeg Wild writer for The Athletic, also part of KFAN uh, 100.3, which that's a radio station I love, by the way. Um, one of the reasons I got into radios was that radio station uh, in the Twin Cities. Um, so Mike uh, Michael Russo, he, he made some comments, turning some heads, the Hartman... Kaprasov, Perfetti situation, the drama still unfolding. We'll talk about that. I also want to talk about Jason Zucker um, suspended for three games for boarding on Panthers forward Nick Cousins. A lot of history with Nick Cousins, particularly this season, kind of adding up to what I think happened. And there was a great um, comment uh, from uh, someone out of Boston, editor-in-chief and also Bruins reporter, with Boston Hockey Now, uh, Jimmy Murphy had a great comment on that. I, I wanted to discuss that as well. Uh, but just to further continue on the conversation that we were having with Brett uh, Hedekin, who I just booked uh, for Wednesday coming up uh, at uh, at 1230. So we're going to continue this conversation uh, about this. Uh, and this, this was his comments in just the, the, the previous segment. You know, I, I love, you know, sometimes you have to remove some things that you don't really know. If you remove them, boys, it's going to make us worse. Right. As a general manager, I think there's a real disconnect in this league, right? Between the general manager and a coaching staff sometimes. And and I'd heck, I'd love to create a position for myself that's somewhere in between that, you know, you've got this bridge between the coaching staff who's in the foxhole. He's thinking about the game that he needs to win that night. And he can't be focused on guys in that locker room that really aren't the type of guys that you are playing Winnipeg Jet hockey, right? And what I've seen from Winnipeg Jet hockey this year is a relentless group of guys that don't care what the name is on the back. They have found a way to remove maybe the bad energy and then remove the guys that aren't going to pull weight. And they've just inserted guys that want to work. Yeah. And Jim, this is something that you've been talking about uh, for, for a long time now, yeah. sort of a go between the sort of the, the position of the captain in the national hockey league. He's so, so, sort of supposed to be that, for the coach and the locker room, right? The captain is the guy that's sort of the go-between in, in some situations between the coaching staff and the players. But sometimes I think he's got a point there between the coach and the, and the general manager. There might be some stuff that gets missed along the way. So this is in no way disrespectful to the coaching staff here or Kevin Sheveldayoff or Larry Simmons or Craig Heisinger, who's in the front yeah. office. Um, but they each have their role, right? Like Larry, from what I understand, is very integral in the contracts, mm-hmm. and he's the, the the balance guy and everything. Kevin does everything. Kevin is a talented – like he's in yeah. Sweden right now at the World Juniors looking at the prospects and stuff. And Craig is very instrumental in the Moose, but also assistant GM with the, the Jets and does his role as stuff. I mean, I used to see Craig at the Winnipeg Ice Games mm-hmm. all the time scouting. Um, I last year put this out on social media. I think the Jets or any NHL hockey team, needs a Jennifer Botterill. Yeah. And the reason I said this is I've known Jen for years. I first met her in 96 or 7 when they had a Team Canada hockey tryout or training camp in Grand Prairie, Alberta I was covering. Um, she's from here, of course. When I moved here, I got to know her dad, Cal, and stuff. 
Um, it, it, this isn't a thing about I know Jen and I think she should get hired. Yeah. This came from when Jen was on the panel last year and had a discussion about making everybody involved. Now, Jennifer last night was, again, amazing with Cosentino and, and J- Jamel Myers yeah. about the whole Perfetti-Hartman thing. Yeah. Um, but the, what's lost in what Jen talks about is she was a hard-nosed, tough, physical player. Mm-hmm. She wasn't an elite star. She was a third-line grinder. In college in Harvard, she was a star. She was more than a point-of-game player, all that. But her role on Team Canada was she went. She did three tours, and every year it was the young rookie on the fourth line. Then she was a st- she was like the worker, yeah, the yeah, go yeah. in between, yeah, and then she yeah, was a yeah. star. She was a star on on the team then. So she knows more than ever. And she started talking about you have to make everybody involved. You have to have everybody included. You have to have everybody feel important. Like Declan Chisholm has to feel a part of this. Yes, he really does. And I don't know if normal organizations have that time in an NHL schedule to go to. So I said like a director of hockey ops or something like that. But if I was the Jets, I would have hired somebody like Jen or any NHL team. Yeah. And I believe in what Brett said there. I think that, you know, on paper to get rid of a Pierre-Luc Dubois and a Blake Wheeler doesn't make sense. Are we going to be better? And I used to say this for years. Blake Wheeler will stop being the number one right winger on this team when there's somebody who's a better right winger than him. Yeah. And even when Line was here, he was still the best right winger on this team. So I understand from a hockey standpoint of a GM, you're going to go, I can't get rid of this guy. The hockey coach is probably going, I can't get this guy, not Wheeler, to play defense. I, you know what, Jim? I, I've preached yeah. it. I've said it. I, I can't hammer it home enough. He won't back check. I yeah. can't get him to. I've tried for five years. Maurice left over something. I just think that this isn't a knock on the Jets for doing anything wrong. It's just I agree with Brett Hedigan. I think there needs to be more go-betweens. I need. I think there needs to be the people like like Jennifer Botterill, who's played every role in the game, like Brett Hedigan, who's been a star when he started in Vancouver, Was and then he went through his career, won a cup, and then he yep. was just the journeyman D-man, who understand the importance of making everybody feel a part of it. Here's Here's what I think about that. I think I look at what the Jets did over the summer and they were able to fix all the, they were able to have those conversations. They were able to talk about it. They were able to fix those problems. And then look, they, they, they dealt with the, the, the four biggest issues. We talked about this before the four big questions that were coming into this season. What was going to happen with Hellebuck? What was going to happen with Shifley? What was going to happen with Blake Wheeler? What was going to happen with Pierre-Luc Dubois? All of those were answered before the puck dropped on the season. So I think that a go-between is something that um, is is more of an in-season sort of thing. How do we fix this situation in the middle of a season? Because I think this it, it, it works when you have the time to sit down and have those conversations, but to exactly to what Brett Hedekin said earlier on there uh, in that clip, and if you missed that, you can download it on the podcast. You can find us, Jets, at noon, at like you're sending an email on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're getting an email uh, you're getting your podcast from, and you can listen to that full conversation with him. But I think it's a situation, it, it fixes that in-season issue, right? Because it's like, The coaching staff is dealing with exactly what he said, game to game, game to game. How are we going to win this next one? The players, you know, the players are, you know, trying to get their body rights, trying to get enough sleep. They're the performers. They're going out there and doing it. That's what their focus needs to be on. And then the GM is looking at the whole big picture. How are we going to fix everything on this team? And I think during the course of a season, just as he said, 
that stuff sort of gets lost. So I think a go-between is something that during the season would allow for that more of that message to be relayed between both between yeah, all I sides. Just, I think it's integral. I think it's integral for somebody to go, look, you've lost four in a row. Yeah. I know you have a three-game homestand here and your power play sucks. Yeah. But you might want to take today off. You might want to not practice today. Just that go-between in things are going awry with this Evander Kane guy. Like things are getting to a point where – He's on an island by himself, blah, blah, Because yeah, I wonder go- how much... Because that, a coach yeah, on the I, day-to-day is just going, look, what's wrong? I need you to play. I wonder how much of that little stuff gets up to the GM. A, a, coach, I, is I often, a coach is often saying, look, okay, you guys don't get along. Can you play together? I don't have time yeah, to I say, wonder, why yeah. aren't you getting along? I don't have, I'm not a babysitter. This yeah. is pro hockey. And then the GM is looking at the roster going, what, what can I do to get better at? What can... There's not that go-between to go... Look, this is what is what I'm hearing. This is what these these three guys like. Billy Hinola was on their social media the other day, joking around and stuff. And I thought immediately, there's a guy who, although he hasn't played a regular season game this year, that feels a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And let's continue on this conversation again. I, I booked a Brett Hedick, and he's gonna he's gonna jump on with us next week on Wednesday, twelve thirty, to continue on this conversation. We're not talking San Jose Sharks. We're gonna talk about this exact same thing. So I uh, appreciate. It's also uh, just to wrap it up. Sorry. Yeah. But I know we're going to move on, yeah. but just to wrap it up, it's also why a lot of captains don't want to be captain anymore. Yeah, It's also why Mike McDaniel in Dallas, with all the egos that they had, and even though they want to stand the cups, like, I prefer not to be captain because yeah. I don't I don't want to deal with this. It's yeah. relentless. Look at Blake Wheeler when he said, I, I took it home with me. It started affecting my family. There are guys that are wired properly, like an Adam Lowry. Yeah. Do you think Adam Lowry ever has a bad day? Yeah. Do you think Blake Wheeler had a bad day? You think Andrew Ladd would have a bad day? Yeah, yeah. They're just, everybody's wired differently. Just to, if you don't have the perfect captain in the right spot, and it doesn't mean they're a bad captain, it just means this is above and beyond the day to day. I got three kids at home. I can't deal with the two kids out that aren't getting along. I love that idea. Yeah, absolutely. We'll continue again that conversation Wednesday at 1230. So make sure you don't miss that show. Um, Jason Zucker, Coyotes forward, has been suspended for three games uh, for boarding Panthers forward Nick Cousins. Uh, Zucker has been assessed, uh, a, was assessed a major penalty in a game misconduct. Zucker checked Cousins from behind following Cousins elbowing Arizona defenseman UC Volomaki in the head while Volomaki was on his knees. Uh, Cousins is in concussion protocol. Now, if you, Nick Cousins has made the round uh, uh, over the course of this NHL season. A couple of weeks ago, the situation with Eric Goodbranson, maybe the dirtiest hit we've seen all year, hits Cousins in the back, launches himself at there, at Eric Goodbranson. Goodbranson goes after him, immediately turtles. Goodbranson goes after him again later on in the game, uh, and then you know uh, Cousins again turtles in that sort of situation. Um no supplemental discipline for Cousins. Eric Goodbranson gets suspended for one game. Let's go to just recently. Both players receiving unsportsmanlike conduct penalties in a situation between Boston's uh, Charlie McAvoy during a game and again with Nick Cousins. Elbows him, rubs him up against the boards. Again, just unsportsmanlike conduct penalties between both of them. Again, no supplemental discipline uh, for Cousins. This all, to me, Jim, leads up to what happened to Cousins and Jason Zucker saying, I've had enough of this guy. The players all know what's going on in the league every single day with the guys need they need to look out for here. And he he went at he went at, at Cousins for again another dirty hit against the Arizona defenseless defenseman UC Volomaki. And he goes after him. He gets suspended for three games for boarding. And now this comment was from 
Jimmy Murphy's a reporter out in Boston, covers the Bruins. He said this, Nick Cousins is currently the dirtiest player in the NHL. However, what happened to him last night was not just a direct result of his actions, but also indirectly a result of not enough disciplinary action against him this season. The NHL needs to decide if they're going to police him or if players like Zucker did last night will. I 100% agree that Cousins and the Eric Branson, the situation with Charlie McAvoy all led up to the decision that Jason Zucker made, and he's the one that's suspended for three games and nothing for Nick Cousins. That's what's leading to situations like this. I have nothing to add. You're bang on. When you don't hand out proper discipline and need a discipline, take it on themselves. That hit on Good Branson is a 10-game suspension, and I'm not trying to be yeah. overzealous here. When you ride a guy into the boards and leave your feet and push impact into it and don't get a penalty, and then somebody the next night in Montreal has a check from behind and they get a five in a game, if you don't police it yourself, they're going to do it themselves and chaos ensues. Mm -hmm. Nick Cousins should have been suspended twice already this year. 100%. At yeah. least twice. And one of them, the one on Good Branson, for 10 games. Yeah, I agree with you. He gets nothing. And other guys get more for doing less. The inconsistency in the NHL discipline has become a real issue. Yeah. And you know what? In, in all, and I know that Nick Cousins is in concussion protocol right now. They did him no favors. They did him no favors no. because guys are going to take cheap shots on him. I'm not Jason Zucker should have been suspended for that boarding hit. There's yes. no doubt about it, 100. But this is what added up to it. This if is you all let that him run around it. like right. that, yep. somebody's going to come running around on him. Yeah, and I'm not defending Tucker. I'm just saying, what did you think was going to happen? We, People would just go, "Oh, that's just Cousins. Yeah. He's going to do it three games from now, and we'll just let it happen." Yeah, absolutely. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side again. Continued drama with the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Wild writer for the Athletic, Michael Russo, uh, throwing some more gas on the fire. You know what, Jim? And I saw this too. Uh, and this is just wild hockey on the Reddit thread. They asked who is who who do wild fans hate the most, and it was the Jets by fifty percent. Wow, they hate the Jets. Yeah, it's gotten ugly. Well, that's that. There's a rivalry. That's yeah, good. That's good. I like Bring it. Bring it. We'll be right back. Bring it. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. We won't see lines if there's any changes, of course, in the in the last game for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Vladislav Domestikov and Mark Shifley switched. Is that going to continue? We'll find out uh, at 1 o'clock very soon uh, when the morning skate gets underway, 9.30 puck drop. Um, going back to the Wild and the Winnipeg Jets, Michael Russo, who I actually am a big fan of, uh, Winnipeg, uh, uh, a Minnesota Wild writer for The Athletic, put out this tweet saying, have to hand it to the Jets for airing Hartman's alleged admission publicly. Distracted everyone from the fact that for the second year in a row, they targeted Kirill Kaprasov and knocked him out. Minnesota Wild lineup in, knocked him out of the Minnesota Wild lineup indefinitely. Only difference between Hartman and the Jets, he alleged admitting it. I'm not condoning Hartman's dangerously lifting the stick into an innocent kid's face, but there's a reason why the Jets publicly aired this, and we've all fallen for it, especially the professional Twitter virtue signalers. It's Minnesota Wild fans who are now spending money to not see Kaprasov. Jim, what are your thoughts on that? What are my thoughts on this? It's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, last year, when it was the Sandberg hit on Kaprasov, 
He it said was, uh, Dylan. It was Dylan, uh, Sandberg. Dylan Sa- No, it was Logan Stanley. It was Logan Stanley. Yeah. He said that's just. He literally said after it, that's just a hockey play. Those things happen. I have no ill will towards. That's exactly what he said. He said these things happen. Uh, if you remember, Logan Stanley kind of smothered Caprice off. We can the, talk you know, about this forever if you want. But I'll say this: the hits, the cross checks from Dylan are cross checks, and part of hockey. Yeah. They should have been penalized or not. I or not. The high stick off a face-off circle is not a part of hockey. It's not. Why is nobody in this whole dispute going after Brendan Dillon? This is what I don't get. You're picking fights with the little guys, going after Cole Perfetti. And if this is the way it is, watch out, Declan Chisholm. Jason when said, you get in the lineup, you're going to pay for what <laughs> Brendan Dillon did. Jim told to take you all the way until 3 o'clock, 7.30 pregame show, 9.30 puck drop. I'm going to watch. I'm going to stay Jets. up. We're getting gonna, worked I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to 9.30. Let's not go crazy. I might have a nap first. Thanks very much, Jeffrey Fortune, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See you. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.